Welcome to Directions for Life with the GPS Girl. My name is Karen Jacobson and I love people. I love to find out why they are doing what they're doing and what different turns they've taken to reach their destination in life. And today's guest is Stephanie Winters. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, Karen. How are you today? I'm excellent. How are you? Great. Now, first of all, tell us what you do. I am a speaker and workshop leader and cellist, and I help people change their lives for the better. Well, take us back to the beginning. Where are you from and, you know, where did you grow up? I grew up in Levittown, Long Island, uh, post-World War II track housing development, and I was lucky enough that my Gardner's Avenue Elementary School had a music program, and I started playing the cello in fourth grade. And that became the center of my life, and in many ways still is. Wow. So, so is that, was that something that was really clear for you at the time, that that was going to be, you know, like a purpose for your life, or did it develop over time? Uh, it always seemed that the cello was very central to my life, and I could never quite figure out anything else to do. I always thought it was an impractical choice and that I should be finding another path in life, but here I am many decades later and I'm still playing the cello. So when did you know you wanted to be a cellist, a professional cellist? I think about seventh grade, um, I was... Uh, I saw the uh, the principal cellist of the high school orchestra and she had a beautiful cello and a hard cello case. And that sounds like a very silly reason, but I thought, I just want to be like her. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Well, it's got to happen somehow. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's beautiful. So what was your first professional job as a cellist? Um, in seventh grade, I was hired to teach cello to the other cellists in the school. And you got a job at, in the seventh grade? <laughs> like you, I, I love it. Stephanie decides she's going to be a cellist and she's earning money immediately. <laughs> $3 an hour for lessons. Oh. And I would ride my bike uh, to the student's house and I would teach them. And... Uh, and then when I was in high school, I played in the Long Island Opera Orchestra. I think that's what it was called. And that was actually a professional gig. And I was the only non-adult in the orchestra. So that would be your first professional performing yes. job as a cellist. Yes. Oh, how wonderful. How, what did that feel like? Um, it was... It was I guess it felt kind of normal in a strange kind of way because uh, I just fit right in and I loved doing it. And I, I guess in my, I wasn't a precocious personality, but I always excelled in music. So, mm. Wow. So there was a natural element mm -hmm. to it. Yeah, just you know, I don't know how I even got asked to do it, but um, I think we did a, a Mozart opera. Wow. Well, can you tell me, about the turning point where you feel things really took off. So, you know, you're, you're studying, obviously, cello is a huge part of your life. You're making money in high school. But, <laughs> but you know, can you remember like a, a, a real moment when things just took off? Um, I... 
always I wanted to tour. I always wanted to travel and play. And I had just finished my master's at Columbia University, setting myself up for a teaching career because it just seemed like, again, there's a practical side of me that thought that that was a a good thing to have in my back pocket. Mm -hmm. And I was teaching at the new school uh, in New York City, the new school for social research. And I got offered to play at a festival in North Carolina, and it conflicted with the first week of classes. And I asked the director of the program, could I start a week late so that I could do this festival? And he said, no, in fact, I needed to be there, which I think was a reasonable thing. And I resigned so that I could do the gig. And we played the gig. It was uh, the Black Mountain Festival in, outside of Asheville, North Carolina. And we sold, at the time, it seemed like an amazing thing, but we sold something like $2,000 worth of CDs after our set from the stage. I mean, people were just pulling them out of our hands. They might have even been cassettes. I can't remember. Oh, goodness. (laughs) So, and then, uh, you know, went on to do things. And uh, another crystalline moment for me was I was on tour with Richie Havens, and playing a show in Pittsburgh. And a woman came up to me afterwards and said, I had a terrible week at work, and this concert washed it all away. Mm. And I was really taken by that, and that comment haunted me because I, I was so happy that she enjoyed the concert, but I was very saddened that my music was in antidote to someone's work Mm -hmm. and I began to wonder could my music and my artistry help people to do their jobs rather than be a way for them to forget what happened at work and then I set off on this mission to bring my music into the workplace so that it could be a way for people to connect within themselves and the inspiration that they feel from the music they can bring to their work and their daily lives and not just as a entertainment on a Friday night or a Saturday night. So that's really how the the speaking and facilitating and you know the, with corporate clients that's how that opened up for you. Yes, that's where the idea came from. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, so tell us a bit about what you're working on right now. I know you have some really exciting projects. I have a very exciting project, and you're the first person I'm telling about it in the media. <laughs> awesome. So, um, my husband, Duncan McCargo, and I have a world premiere April 12th uh, at Lincoln Center, and it's called Titanic Tales, Stories of Courage and Cowardice. Mm. It's, it's a staged reading of first-hand accounts of survivors who were on the Titanic and the music of the legendary band that played, and we interweave their first-hand accounts and the music that was played to tell the story of not just the sinking, but more importantly, rising above that and the courage and the cowardice that plays out in that kind of intense crisis. It sounds like a really fascinating uh, 
project. I, is the is this something that's been done before? Do you know? Not that I know of. I mean, of course, the Titanic is endlessly fascinating to people, yes. and there's been many creative. Uh, uh, interpretations of that, but not in. We're not. We don't know of anything of this kind. And is, isn't this the year that's the special anniversary? It is. It's the hundredth oh. anniversary of the sinking. Oh, that is really extraordinary. Now, how do people find out more or get tickets? You said that's going to be at Lincoln Center in New York City. Yes, um, it is part of. Um, Target Free Thursdays, and this is a special commission by Lincoln Center for the Performing Arts and Target Free Thursdays at the David Rubenstein Atrium. And we're very honored because they only give out two commissions a year, and this is one of them. That is incredible. So April 12th, yes, uh, 8.30 p.m. at the David Rubenstein Atrium, that's on Broadway, between 62nd and 63rd. It's a free show. Oh, that's I love amazing. having a free show that people can come to. Well, I will be there. That is just incredible. And will it be recorded or will there be a DVD? I'm, I, I just imagine that it's the kind of thing some people listening who aren't able to be there in New York might really want to, to, to see. Well, we right now we don't have that um, on the ho- horizon, but we hope to tour the show and Great. do other performances, and maybe other people will do performances. So please go to my website, stephaniewinters.com, and sign on the mailing list, and we'll keep you posted of other performances, which will likely be in Southeast Asia mm-hmm. this summer. Awesome. And possibly in the UK, because my husband, Duncan McCargo, is British. Beautiful. <laughs> so but we're going to be in both those places. Very good. So, well, that, that project just sounds incredible. And um, I, I just wish you all the best with it. Thank you. But I have a couple more questions for you before we, we finish up. I, I'm curious who your idol was. Did you have an idol growing up? Did I? Yes, I did have an idol. <laughs> Jacqueline Dupre. Oh, tell me what? more about Jacqueline Dupre. Well, um, she was a, uh, when I was a youngster, she was sort of recently on the scene as uh, just had charmed the world as this young, beautiful cellist who was married to Daniel Barenboim and their musical collaboration and uh, just her effervescent quality, her passionate, heartfelt playing uh, was something that uh, captured my imagination and I had a we had LPs back then I had a record of her playing Elgar Cello Concerto which was one of the pieces I was working on at the time and I would listen to that and if I could have been anyone it would have been Jacqueline Dupre no that's beautiful that's beautiful and oh, oh I'm I'm really curious about you know I love to travel. Yes. I, and given that the podcast is called Directions for Life, I I can't help but ask where is your favorite travel destination you have ever been? Oh. Oh 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 oh. Oh gosh, there's so many. Yeah, choosing one is the tricky part. There are so many. Wow. Just one for can now. Can I can I 
Um, can I tell you where my where I haven't been, but I really want to go this year? Yes, that's Is the that next what? question. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, all right. I just made this up uh, as my favorite place to go. I mean, Paris. Can anyone ever not be happy to be in Paris? Yeah, it's that's pretty special. That's I've wonderful. Been many, I've been, I'm lucky to have been, you know, probably a dozen times or more. And every time I go, it feels magical. Wonderful. And where do you want to go this year? I want to go to Angkor Wat. Oh. Um, and uh, my husband, Duncan, and I hope to do some sightseeing in Southeast Asia and visit, visit different temples and um, archaeological type places. And that is one of them. So... Cross my fingers, that will unfold. That one's right on the top of the list. Yeah. Okay. And and if you could share with our listeners and with me what your number one direction for life would be. Oh, you know what I'm going to say, I think. <laughs> it's focus on your heart, take a breath, and just see what happens. I love it. Stephanie Winters, thank you so much for joining me and for sharing all about your seventh grade cello lessons about Jacqueline <laughs> Dupree and the show Titanic Tales, a world premiere at Lincoln Center on April 12th at 8.30 p.m. in, in the David... Rubenstein Atrium. Very good. And for more information, please go to Stephanie's website, stephaniewinters.com. Stephanie, thank you so much. My pleasure. Okay, Thank have you a great for day. having me. You got it. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.